Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. It's, it's wonderful to be here today. I um, often think, um, yeah, many churches these days have two services. And I often sort of feel for the team that have to do both. And um, you guys are awesome. Like, you know, sometimes we just turn up, hey. And uh, there's a whole team and dedicated and committed and just, and uh, they got to listen to this twice, feel for them. It's either that or maybe they need it because uh, <laughs> they don't hear it the first time. Uh, how many of you know God's mercies in you every morning? How many of you know God's got something fresh for you today? So it's very easy in life just to get into the mode of just doing what we do, going to church, and we're not intentional. And it's the difference, if you like, between entertainment and engagement. I, I love entertainment. I love, and, and it's funny, you can even have an experience, but nothing changes. So let me, let me illustrate. So, you know, I, I love sport. So, you know, many for many years, been to many state of origin games, football. And, and, I've been, and I'm passionate about, obviously, Queenslander. Um, any blues? No, forget that. We won't even go there. Um, and I've come home from those matches, shouted myself hoarse, absolutely hoarse. And, and I've had, particularly if Queensland won, just had an unbelievable experience. And, but you know, the next day, nothing's changed. Nothing's actually changed in my life. It felt good for a moment. Sometimes women can go to the movies and see a chick flick, cry their way through a box of tissues. Oh, it was so wonderful. It was so... But how many of you know the next day nothing changes? And sometimes you can come to church. And you can even have an experience. You can feel good, but nothing ever changes. And I want to tell you, God's a God of change. He doesn't change, but He wants to change us. And it's a constant journey. That's as we gaze more upon Him, the Bible tells us we become His. His goal is to transform us more and more and more into the image of Jesus. And this morning, I want you just don't don't just be going through the motions in church this morning. <laughs> One little story. Last year, after the first lockdown, we had lengthy lockdown last year. It was the first Sunday I was back preaching. It was, church probably similar size to to this one sitting on the front row and um and a young lady has done communion and then she's gone from communion straight into the offering and she says offering and i'm kind of i'm just about i'm getting ready i'm thinking about getting up on the platform and i pull out my, my wallet she's talking about giving or something and and I pull out some money out of my wallet and i'm standing there next thing is a lady in front of me with a receptacle with a box and put the money in I've never had this happen in my life she she reached in and took it out and gave it back to me I thought this is really I've never had that happen what's and then it dawned on me like we weren't allowed to take up physical offerings she was collecting the communion cups <laughs> and I felt this I don't embarrass easily but I felt this red flush just go up my neck because <laughs> I'd just gotten into the routine I wasn't really tuned in to what was happening <laughs> so this morning I want to encourage you tune in 
God wants to do something in your heart today. God wants to change something, shift something, unless you have already been perfected. Uh, for those of you already perfected, would you stand now? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, it's a crazy world, hey. What a crazy world. I, I want to share with you this morning and minister to you and it's something that I got personally convicted about last year. So this, this is... Like this is real. This is true. This morning, this is not. I'm not preaching. This is true. Uh, no, <laughs> no. This is something. How, when was the last time you were convicted by the Holy Spirit about something? Uh, for me, this experience was like. And I want to talk. The, the title of my message this morning is "Don't Drift." And in that moment, and I'll talk about it shortly. It was like, have you ever been on a boat when the anchor ropes pull tight? And suddenly, so, whoa. And that's what it was like. I'm just journeying along, and I'll talk about it this morning. And it was like God grabbed the anchor rope of my and, and pulled me up. When was the last time God pulled you up about something? Because if we're journeying and growing and changing, there should be moments where they may not be that shocking, or but there should be moments of oh realization where we get pulled up. And if we're not, maybe maybe there's an issue. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says this. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard so that we do not drift away. For a good number of years I owned a boat, 18-foot, uh, half cabin. I, I love water, love boating, love all that. And I learned a lot of lessons uh, having a boat. How many of you know God can teach you from all sorts of things? Often we, we experience stuff in life and we learn stuff and we never actually apply that knowledge. And sometimes, how many of you learned algebra in school? I've never actually applied that much in, in, my, in my life. No, I find it really helpful in preaching. I know. <laughs> no. But the stuff we learn, I, I, I was telling you first service, I, I have this strong since I hate injustice, hate injustice. And kind of it stirs something up within, within me. And that's not a bad thing, but I've been challenged about how I respond to that. Because, see, I, in that I'm, I like movies, and I like particularly movies where the bad guys get taken down. So I'm a Liam Neeson. How many of you would know, remember the Liam Neeson, the actor? Yeah, good number of you. Um, it's all right. For those of you who are not spiritual, uh, no, that's you. No, for those of you who are spiritual and don't know of Liam Neeson, um, there was a series of movies he did that um, were called Taken. And in the first movie, and I, I'm a fan of Liam Neeson's because he takes the bad guys down and, and I, I kind of identify with that. Like, I love that. I, I, I think I live vicariously through Liam Neeson. Because, see, as a pastor, I'm not allowed to kill people. Even though there are moments when I feel like it. It's, apparently it's against our code of conduct, Ross. Uh, <laughs> but Liam Neeson takes the bad guys down. And uh, in, in that movie, uh, the first in the series, Taken, um, how many of you have ever seen that movie? It's all right, you can raise your hand. Yeah, many of you have. Wow. So he... Um, He's, for those of you that don't know, he's an ex-CIA operative and he's retired and his teenage daughter gets kidnapped by some really bad dudes, really bad guys. 
uh, his daughter and her friend. And he manages to track them down. And I just love those iconic lines. And, uh, And I learned them. And some of you, some of you would know those lines. They're kind of some of the, you know, there's some movies, there's just iconic lines. And he, he gets them on the phone. <clears throat> he says, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If it's ransom you're looking for, I can tell you, I don't have money. But what I do have is a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you, but if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you, and I will kill you. (laughs) So you learn this stuff, but then you think, how can I use that? And then one day I had this great idea, telemarketers. Sorry if you're a telemarketer, but I... (laughs) They always ring at the most inopportune times. So now when they call me, I don't know who you are. (laughs) I don't know what you want. If it's money you're looking for, I can tell you. (laughs) If you you put the phone down now, that'll be the end of it. So you can learn from all sorts of stuff and apply. So I learned, these, I learned some lessons from boating. And one of the lessons I earned, learned was the importance of anchoring well. <laughs> because if you do not anchor well, it's very easy to drift. And I could cite a number of incidents, but I wouldn't want to embarrass people who made mistakes. Uh, wasn't my fault, of course. Obviously, I was the skipper. But there were people who didn't put the anchor out properly and didn't make sure it had taken. And, and um, but how many of you know that when the weather is rough and or it's dark at night, it's easy to drift. And 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 sometimes not even realise that you've drifted. You suddenly when you run into the, the sandbar, which is probably less dangerous, it's better than running into uh, a coral reef or rocks or something or another boat. But the consequences of drifting can be really disastrous. It can be very, very serious. And one of the keys to checking that you're not drifting is to find a couple of fixed reference points. And you can check that you haven't moved by aligning yourself to those fixed reference points. And... When I say reference points, I'm not talking about the cloud at two o'clock in the sky. Because how many of you know that moves? And can I just say, some people do that with their life, though. They they fix their life to to the culture and the values of the world around us. And how many of you know that's like a drifting cloud? And you will drift and you will run aground and you will will smash up your life. So we need to find fixed reference points. There was a point last year in my life where I realized that I had drifted. It wasn't gross sin or anything. I wasn't out clubbing. Um, my clubs were closed. They were in lockdown. Um, no. <laughs> but it was in an area internally in my attitude. 
in my heart and I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute and I'll talk a little bit more around what that was. But how many of you know that you can drift? If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus this morning, you're a, you're a Christian, you're a believer, how many of you know you can drift? That's why the writer of the Hebrews says, pay more careful attention to what you've heard so that you do not drift. You do not drift. And the truth is that we can drift in our spiritual life, we can drift in our faith, we can drift in our conduct or behaviour. We can drift in fellowship, and I see people drifting, even post-COVID or in this crazy time in which we are. Uh, you know, they're drifting from fellowship. There's a reason why the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. We can drift in our mission and purpose. So many things we can drift in. I, th I think it would be fair if we talk about stormy weather or darkness, I think it would be fair to say that the world and our, our country, the world is currently in rough and stormy weather. It's a dark time. We see massive change and upheaval and uncertainty and the pandemic, global pandemic, and its subsequent impact. And I was saying this yesterday to our pastors and leaders yesterday that I think it has exposed how vulnerable and how fragile many of our social and economic support structures are around us. Um, so many things that we just take for, have taken for granted that underpin our daily lives. And, and, uh, and of course, you know, the, the thing, the whole pandemic deal has affected people differently. We are very fortunate, by the way, and just in case you hadn't realised, we are very fortunate to live in this country. And you are fortunate to live in Harvey Bay. You could have woken up in the leper colony in Victoria this morning. <laughs> Sorry for any Victorians here this morning. I've got friends and I would phone them during the last year or so and just say, how's life in the leper colony? <laughs> and, um, and it's, I feel for people who've been through that. We've, we've been somewhat shielded, but the impacts are still rolling on and they will. And the craziness of this world, this I think is without question has been the most disruptive and challenging and unsettling event in the experience of this living generation. And uh, even I think for those of us who are followers of Jesus, who are people of faith, sometimes it's, it's unsettling for us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes as many of us, I think, have gone, God, what are you doing in the middle of this chaos? What is happening? And, and even some Christians have felt overwhelmed. The world has changed. It's gone crazy. Challenge after challenge and crisis after crisis. And, and then there are those who would opportunistically, in the midst of the chaos, would opportunistically seize upon this time to promote anarchy and violence and, and unrest. And I don't think we've ever seen so much divisiveness and so much polarization and so much opinion and a mode of argument. And by the way, I think so much of the stuff that we see a bit in the media and social media, which is a, so much of it is opinion, and to be honest, some of it is really uninformed opinion. Yeah. Often it's not based on fact or truth. And that becomes confusing. It becomes confusing. And in the middle of this season, we're bombarded constantly with images and thoughts and opinions and positions, be they political and social or whatever, and, and it's... Here's the challenge. It's easy in the current of all that's going on and swirling around us. And sometimes that is what it feels like. 
You ever been in a boat and when there's a strong current running or you've been just swimming in the water and there's a strong current and it's so easy to get pulled by that current? And I think at the moment we, we live in this environment where the currents are flowing around us and we can easily drift. It's very easy to drift. And, and I think, as I said, even many of us who are believers are trying to work out, God, where are you in the middle of this? What are you, what are you saying? Even in the middle, perhaps, of my own confusion and my own uncertainty and my own frustration and my own pain and apprehension. I want to say to you this morning, more than ever, this is a season in which which we need to be well anchored in our life. And we need to be anchored, if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to be anchored in Christ. Need to be anchored in him and not drifting. And I want for a few minutes this morning just to look at a particular passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter 2. How many of you know it's important to get amongst other things, a biblical framework for our thinking. I uh, love what Peter said this morning, you know, about, about stuff starts in our thinking. And we're bombarded, as I said, by all sorts of thoughts and opinions around us. And let's come back to, to God. Let's come back to Christ. Let's come back to his word. And I want us in these few minutes just to see something of what God does want to do in the middle of all that's going on and not just in the big picture but but in the personal environment of our own hearts and our own lives so I want to read a passage in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 13 to 18 and I want you as I read this I want you to listen for a theme that's sort of coming through in these these few verses but now in Christ Jesus you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that good news? How many of you, how many of us were far away but have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and I'm going to come back to that in a moment. He's made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man, one new people, one new humanity. Again, he says, out of the two. Thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who are far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. It's a great passage, great passage of Scripture. So these verses clearly tell us God's purpose. It says his purpose, that's what it says. Verse 15, 16, his purpose was to create in himself one new man, one new humanity, one new people, out of the two, thus making peace. And reconcile them both. By the way, did you pick up the theme? It's all about peace. It's all about reconciliation. It's all about breaking down hostility, breaking down the dividing wall and division, and creating one. How many of you know God loves unity? Yeah. 
God, whatever's going on, God always has a purpose. And, and here, when Paul, by the way, is talking about the two and making the two one, he's actually talking in the context of the times about an ethnic, political, social divide. It was the Jews and the Gentiles. And how God wanted to take the two, the Jews and the Gentiles, and make them one, regardless of the background. How many of you know that's God's purpose today? Yes. Regardless of whatever the divide is, and, and it, it applies to whatever the cultural, ethnic, social grouping, God wants to take, wherever there's any division, God wants to take the us and the them and make us one in him. That's his ultimate purpose. That's his ultimate purpose. Whoever the us is, whoever the them is. And he wants to, these verses tell us, he wants to break down the conflict, the hostility, and make one, one new humanity. You know, one of the things I've, I've had the privilege over years to travel a lot and travel to many countries in the world, and you know, one of the things I love about being a follower of Jesus is that you've got family wherever you go. It's amazing. It, it truly is. It's different to belonging to just a club. There's something, and it's because we have one father. <laughs> We're all family. Whatever your background, whatever, doesn't matter what the background, whatever the race, whatever. The, we're all, if you are a follower of Jesus, we're all family. And God wants to make people one. That's his whole purpose for humanity. Some, in some ways, I think at the moment, it feels like we're living in a bizarre twilight moment in history. I don't know about you, but I even found like, even time frames seem to have just been... Like, it's just been crazy. It's like, I can't believe we're already nearly Christmas. They haven't even paid off last one. No, I, I'm not. <laughs> but it's like time frames just seem to have all merged and blurred and it's like, ah, the world is crazy. But, but in this current climate, it's so easy with all these things we're being bombarded with to choose an extreme. My side or their side, be it around political issues or social issues or whatever it might be. And sometimes I see it even amongst Christians. And to be honest, one of the things that has disappointed me is to see Christians sometimes posting stuff or writing stuff that is filled. And here's, here's the point I want to make, and you'll get this as I talk further about my own journey. It's not always about the right or wrong, but it's about the attitude that we bring to the issue. And I see Christians sometimes posting stuff or declaring stuff that's filled with vitriol and filled with, with negativity and hatred. And, and that is not Christ-like. That is not Christ-like. One thing we can know is that at any moment in history, where we are polarised and where we are divided and where there is conflict and, and where there is hostility, what God is wanting to do is to take all the brokenness and the fragmentation of humanity, the division, the hostility. Oh man, how much of that is there in our, in our world today? God help us. And God help us that it doesn't creep into the church. God, because what God wants to do, as we very clearly read, is he's working to create one new humanity. 
reconcile, break down hostility, break down conflict. And, and he tells us how he does this. Now in Christ Jesus, verse 13, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. So you can know that whatever is going on in the world, God is always bringing us nearer. God is always wanting to bring us closer. Today, God is wanting to bring you closer to him. God, whether you are near or whether you are far away from God today, one of the things God wants to do is to bring you closer to him, bring you nearer to him. And in this moment, in this crazy, crazy time in which we live, God's wanting to get your attention and to pull you close to him. He wants us to see that we cannot solve the human dilemma, the human problem on our own. We can't solve it without him. And we, we've got decades, we've got centuries of human history to prove it. We can't do it. This, my friends, is time to move in the direction of God. This is a time to move towards God. This is a time as he is wanting to draw you closer. This is a time to move towards him. And this is a time to find anchor points for your life. Do not drift. Do not be carried about on the currents and the tide of all the stuff that's going on in the world because it will shipwreck your life. I think what God does in the midst of all this craziness is peel away that facade that everything's okay. Helps us realize afresh that we desperately need someone to change the core of the human condition and the only one that can do that is Jesus Christ. And here's the interesting thing. So God is drawing us near to him, as we've read. But also in that, it tells us he's drawing us nearer to each other. Listen to this. You who were once far away and you who were near, so whichever category you fit in today, were being brought together. Being brought together by the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. So as I said, this is the moment to allow yourself to be pulled in the direction of God. But here's an amazing and challenging truth. When you move in the direction of God, you always move in the direction of people. Think about that. In fact, the core, I think it was Peter said it today. Jesus summed up, you know, the, the laws, 613 regulations and laws that the Old Testament had, and he, he distilled it down to two things, which in you know common vernacular basically can be summed up as love God and love people. I mean, that's it. it it's actually simple. It's not simple to do, <laughs> but, it's, but it's quite simple. And here's the thing. As I said, you cannot move close to Jesus and move against humanity. In fact, Jesus tells us it won't take time to turn to the scripture, but most of you would know this. Jesus tells us that the proof of true followership, the proof of true relationship with God, of being a true disciple of Jesus, is not just that you love the people who love you. I mean, even that can be challenging. Love your friends and family. It'd be so that'd be easier, Jesus, if you could just rewrite that and love your friends and your family and those that love you. Yeah, I reckon I could probably do that. There's be some challenges sometimes with friends and family. But that wasn't what he said. He said, in fact, you're supposed to love your... Oh, come on, Jesus, make it real. 
Make it doable. Come on, that's really, really, come on, Jesus, give us a break. See, you can't do that on your own. (laughs) You can't do that on your own. See, when, when in my natural self, Liam Neeson wants to take over. When enemies appear on my horizon, the Liam in me comes out. That's my flesh. That's my, as much as I can justify whatever it might be, I've, I've had to realise that's not necessarily the Jesus response. Love you. So who are our enemies? Who are our enemies? Ah, China. The Chinese government, the Communist Party in China, they're our enemies. Well, yeah, certainly glad I don't live in China. But I want to suggest to you that our enemies are those who, and if you take the battlefield analogy, they're those who stand on the other side. So what does that mean to us? What about those who stand on the other side of your opinion? What about those who stand on the other side of your values? Those who stand on the other side of your belief? Those who stand on the other side of the things that you hold dear? Those who stand on the other things, the other side of things that matter to you? How do we feel about them? How do we respond to them? And it was, it was in this area that I was personally challenged last year. I've been engaged in some stuff in the political government space and there have been some issues and behaviour and responses from people that over the previous months had made me angry and particularly there was a certain day that some stuff happened and, and I was furious at the hypocrisy of the government, state government. I was really, really ticked off. You ever been ticked off? <laughs> yeah. There's two of you who are honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was. T- by the way, Bible tells it's okay to be angry, but but you got to deal with that the right way. And so, certain stuff happened. And I don't need to go into the detail of what the issues were, but um, I expressed and I even wrote some stuff in the Australian and got a lot of resonation with people that agreed with me, and and that put more fuel on my tank. Uh, how many of you know just because somebody agrees or people agree with you doesn't necessarily mean you're right? And how many of you know that you can be right and wrong at the same time? You can be right on an issue, but particularly as a believer and as a follower of Jesus, you can be right about the issue but wrong because you've got the wrong attitude. And God actually looks at the heart more than the issue very often. And it was, it was around this I got challenged because I am furious about some of this stuff gone's on, that's gone on. And, and by the way, let me just say, I do not resile for one moment from, any, from my view or opinion of the issues at the time. I haven't actually changed my stance, but what God convicted me about was my attitude towards those people. So, oh, God, no. <laughs> like, I feel justified in feeling it's a righteous indignation. But it wasn't a righteous attitude. Because I realised. <laughs> so the issue, and again, as I said, I haven't changed even to this day. I don't change my view or my opinion about the issue. But I suddenly realised in that moment when, when the Holy Spirit grabbed the anchor rope of my heart and pulled me up real short, 
I suddenly realised that I was coming to this with the same attitude and spirit that the people on the other side had. I, I was allowing the spirit of the age and the spirit of the world and all that is in that which was unhealthy and unchristlike. I had allowed that to invade my own personal heart and attitude. And whilst I was right on the issue, how many of you know you're always right? <laughs> I was right on the issue, but I was wrong on the inside. And I realised that my heart had drifted. This was not representative of the character and the nature of Jesus. And I want to say that more than anything, that's God's goal in your life and mine, is to transform us into the image of Jesus. How are you doing with that? Wouldn't it be interesting if we had a little meter and we could walk around and just read out of 10 a score, how much like Jesus you were. <laughs> Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Scary thought. Oh, this happened in the first service. So I have notifications for like news and it comes up. For, I've got the volume turned down. I was telling the first service a similar thing happened and um, on my iPad and uh, I was preaching earlier in the year in a church and uh, had forgotten to turn down the volume and in the middle of my preaching, Siri, yeah, how many of you know Siri? Yeah, uh, yeah. Siri goes, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. <laughs> and it was loud and clear with the microphone. So I felt like saying to the congregation, how many others of you didn't get it? Siri didn't get it. So here was the point though, I drifted. It wasn't overt, it wasn't necessarily so obvious. By the way, when an anchor lets go, you know it's down where it's hidden. It's not always obvious until you suddenly realise that you're not aligned with the reference points that you once were. And so sometimes we need to do a check in our own hearts and lives and and for me, I thought, oh, Jesus, forgive me. Like, I don't know. I really wrestled because I was, I was genuinely ticked off. And then realized, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm no different. I'm coming to this with the same spirit as those on the other side. How many of you know that as followers of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have to come to the issues of life and the issues in the world and other people with the spirit of Christ, not the spirit of the age, not the spirit of the world and the drama, the potential, the danger is that we get caught up in the tide and the current of all the stuff that's swirling around us and before we know we've drifted from that character, we've drifted from that point. Our hope is in Jesus. Philippians says, let this mind be in you that's in the media. <laughs> no. Let this mind be in you that's on Facebook. Let this mind be in you that's on Instagram. No, let this mind be in you that is in Jesus. Let this mind be in you. So God is wanting to deal with the issues of our hearts.
this challenges me because sometimes God doesn't, God doesn't always kind of, have you ever found he doesn't do the stuff? I've advised him, but he doesn't always necessarily do as I thought he should. <laughs> because very often what's more important to him is what's going on in here than maybe what's going on just in the stuff around me. He's wanting to do a transformative work within my heart. And again, God's wanting to deal with the issues of our heart. And one of the things he wants to do, as I said, is to bring us together, bring people together. So we've got to come to this world that's being pulled apart with a spirit and attitude of Christ that brings people together. He himself, we read, is our peace, has made the two one, destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. God works to break down barriers. God works to break down hostility. How good are we at building barriers? Not you, but people, other people. How good are we at building and creating division? Not there's ever been any division ever in churches. <laughs> Sometimes we focus too much, and there are times, you need to hear me. The stuff we need to make a stand on, and in recent times in some of the circles that I uh, have privilege to to operate in with government or whatever there's things I take a real strong stand on I was saying this to our leaders yesterday just because you don't see some stuff on social media or on channel 9 or channel 7 about churches standing up or leaders, church leaders standing up doesn't mean there's not a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes let me just say this the very fact that uh, in the recent announcements and regardless of the varying views about, you know, government overreach and all the stuff that's going on and the rules and regulations, you know, coming into play from 17 December, most of you would be aware by now that the church has been exempted. We can, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, you can come to church, which is amazing. Now, the reason that is there is because church leaders got together and we went, met with people in power and we presented a very strong argument. And so, you just, yeah, you need to understand the stuff going on. And just because you don't see it in social media doesn't mean there's nothing happening. I could really get on my soapbox now because I'm a bit passionate about some of this stuff. <laughs> because I work in the space. I get really ticked off with Christians even sometimes who make accusations that are uninformed. Off my soapbox. <laughs> I think the challenge for us is to stop looking even just in our daily lives for everything that divides us. And by the way, being united in peace as Paul wrote about doesn't mean it's, it's not kind of we're all the same. It's not. So you look around this morning, how many of you know we're not all the same? How boring would it be if we all looked the same? No, okay, all right. You think, oh, if everybody looked like me, it'd be fine. No. <laughs> like seriously, women with beards would not be a good look. <laughs> the truth is that God, and I hate the fact that the world has has hijacked this word, diversity, for certain applications. But the truth is God loves diversity, variety. Oh, my goodness. 
Oh, one of the things I've learned in working with other churches and church leaders, heads of churches, there's so much more that we have in common. There's very little that actually divides us. And yet so often in the past we've focused on what divides us rather than what unites us. God's into diversity. Can you imagine when he did the whole creation thing? What a great story that is. Could you imagine when he created flowers? How many of you love beautiful flowers? Can you imagine? He goes, I'm going to make roses. So he creates roses. I mean, they're amazing flowers. He doesn't, I mean, it'd be great. Red, beautiful red rose, that perfume, that scent. Wow, they're just amazing design. But God didn't just make one type of rose or just one color or even just roses. There's such diversity. Wow. Could you imagine if when God created us, he just made it so that everything just had one fragrance, one smell? Imagine if everything smelled like cardboard. Oh, you brew that cup of coffee in the morning. Mm. <laughs> How many of you love the smell of freshly baked bread? Imagine if it smelled like cardboard. I brought my wife perfume for Christmas, eau de cardboard. <laughs> Imagine if everything tasted the same. How many of you love Brussels sprouts? Please come forward for prayer. No. <laughs> no, actually, I like Brussels sprouts now, but when I was a kid, when I was a kid, oh my goodness, there's not much I don't like, but Brussels sprouts and mum always wanted me to eat the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> It was traumatic for me. <laughs> I've got sprout trauma. <laughs> but can you imagine if everything tasted like Brussels sprouts? Oh, my goodness. How many of you don't like Brussels sprouts still? Oh, wow, there's quite a lot of you. Yeah, okay. This is like the separation of the sheep and the goats, isn't it? <laughs> Here's the point. God made us to enjoy variety and diversity, and, and we don't all like the same stuff. You don't like Brussels sprouts? That's it. You can't be a part of my group. <laughs> what, you don't drink coffee? We've got some ACC pastors that don't drink coffee. Should lose their credential over that. <laughs> well, my philosophy is, I said to Ross the other day, my philosophy is I've got to have caffeine Sunday morning just in case there's no anointing. At least I've got caffeine. <laughs> Why do we use differences as a barrier? And again, I'm not talking about issues. I'm talking about attitude to people. Because let me tell you, whatever the issues in people's lives, whatever their brokenness, whatever... How many of you know we're still all broken on a journey to wholeness? We've all got some brokenness. And whatever the brokenness and whatever the issue in people's lives, there's still a God-created person. And we've got to see the God potential in them. I love it when Jesus says to Peter, uh, you're Simon, you're a reed, you're blown in the wind, but you will be Petros a rock. You'll be Peter a rock. He calls out the greatness. And one of the things we ought to do as followers of Jesus is see the good in people and call out the good in people because that's what God does. So 
Oh, time's over. Thank you. No, <laughs> just realised the time. Ash, you're there. Team, if you'd like to just come back up as we finish off. God's always working with intention in your life. Always, always, always. This season in which we are presents an incredible opportunity in the craziness of it all. And I know many people who, during lockdown and other stuff going on, have just kind of, the pause button's been hit in some ways and have taken time to reevaluate life, think about what matters. I mentioned the first service about a couple I know, successful business, and during the lockdown last year, he, he just realised the value of spending more time, got three boys, the value of spending more time. He made a decision just to pull back a day a week from his business. He said it'll cost us money, but what's most important? And sometimes we need to just stop and reevaluate what matters in life. And this season, for all its craziness, presents an opportunity to reflect and a time to reset, to recalibrate, reinvent, to thoughtfully and carefully examine what really matters and to make sure, above all, that our hearts and our lives are aligned with God, with His purpose, with the nature and the character of Jesus. In a world that is hurting, that's confused, that's broken, that's filled with fear, and, and some of that spills over to us because of our humanity. But we are also Jesus carriers. We are to be those who carry the life and the love and the compassion and the kindness, as Pastor Ross said when he's talking about this morning and about the gifts of the Spirit. It's not by accident. All those things, that the gifts of the Spirit, those nine that are listed, how many of you know how different the world would be if the world was filled with those things? Oh my goodness. And they're simple things. Love, joy, peace, kindness. Wow. It's time for Christians to be Christians. What makes a Christian? It's not a set of religious rules. It's not a code of conduct. It's heart transformation whereby the nature character of Jesus himself grows within us and flows out of us to touch hurting people listen you can't change that world maybe but you can change your world just a kind word to somebody let me just give one story and I'm going to finish a few weeks ago a couple of months ago now I was I took a pastor had breakfast with the pastor on the Gold Coast and we were in a particular cafe. <clears throat> and the young young lady who serviced, about 26, 27, she was very good at what she did. Like sometimes you get, you ever been to a coffee shop or a restaurant and, and they're trying to be like really helpful but they're just no sensitivity. You're in the middle of a deep and meaningful. And they come, how was everything? You know, so... <laughs> This girl, though, she was, she was really good. And so when I went to pay the bill, which I found really helpful because I hate running from people. Um, when I went to pay the bill, I said to her, I said, so how long have you been working here? I'd seen her before. And she said, oh, three years. I just said to her, she's totaling up the bill. I said to her, you're very good at what you do. 
and I talked a little bit and she stopped and looked up and I kid you not, she teared up. She teared up. I walked out and we talked for a moment or two longer and, and I sort of talked about why she was good at what she did. And, and I went out of there just knowing it wasn't flattery. If it was bad service, I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> I'd have said, what are you, a dropkick? No, I wouldn't have said that. No, I would have, no. I walked out of there knowing that just by that response, I'd done something good for her. It's actually not hard. Can I encourage you as Christians, those of you that call yourself a follower of Jesus, to be Jesus to the world in which you live. More than ever, we need Jesus incarnate in our community. Help us, God. Help us. So right now, as we just close, I want you, I want to encourage you to just examine your heart. Have you drifted? And if there are those of you here this morning that actually have never anchored to God, your life to God, if, if you have never said yes to God, you've never said yes to Jesus, you, and maybe you realise this morning that in the, all the craziness of this world, I need God in my life. And in fact, right now, if you're here and you've never said yes to God, or maybe you have in the past, but you've drifted right away and you need to reconnect with Him, if, if that's you, if just while well, every head bowed for a moment, every eye closed just for a moment, if, if that's you and you need to say yes to God, maybe for the first time, or to recommit your life to Him, and as Pastor Ross said, we have four people this morning in our first service. Raise their hand and then came forward. If that's you this morning and you just need, would you just raise your hand and give me a wave? I'd love to see your hand this morning. Anybody here this morning, you just need to say yes to God for the first time or to recommit your life to Him. Just raise your hand. I'd love to pray for you before we close. Anybody here in the service? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't need a word of knowledge this morning to know that what we've talked about, there will be, there'll be numbers of us here who have drifted. And I want you just in this moment as we close, I want you, I, I implore you to move close to Jesus, to re-anchor, re-anchor your life around Him. My call is to you to move close to Christ, to become Christ-centered. And let the compassion and the love of Jesus flow out of you to the world around you. Let me pray for you, God, I pray this morning. In fact, why don't we all just stand? Just stand together in this moment. Be intentional to engage with God in just this moment as we close. God, right now, you know every heart. You, you see where we are positioned. You see every individual. You see our lives. And God, I pray for those of us that may have drifted and allowed the currents and the tides of this age and this world to cause us to lose our moorings. God, I pray right now, you'd help us to make a smart decision to re-anchor our lives and re-anchor to the rock that is higher than us. Hallelujah. God, right now, draw us near to you. Let your blessing, your grace, your love be upon each and every one in this house today, I pray. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.